in the night I hear him talk the coldest story ever told Somewhere far along this road he lost his soul To a woman so heartless How could you be so heartless? Oh, how could you be so heartless? How could you be so cold as the winter wind when it breeze yo? Remember that you talking to me though You need to watch the way you talking to me yo I mean after all the things that we've been through I mean after What is going on everybody? This is King Ricky Rose here General Manager of WrestleMania Radio And host of the Kings of the Rings podcast And welcome all you Patreon members Especially Kavita, Wade, Slack, Fretz And all the other people there Oh and the Vaz family of course Can't forget the Vaz family Because they're freaking awesome Welcome all of you Patreon members And anybody I forget I'm sorry, I'm just going off the top of my head here, but welcome you guys to another exclusive episode of Watch the Throne, where I, your host, King Ricky Rose, breaks down um, a, a particular event or happening in wrestling and really digs deep into it in pretty much the only way I know how. And also shout out to Jermaine, my our Patreon member from across seas. What's up, Jermaine? I did not forget about you at all, Jermaine. I My apologies uh, for that. Anywho, this episode is going to be controversial, it's going to be divisive, and quite frankly, you might not like me after this, if you even like me in the first place to begin with. But that's okay, because that's your personal problem and not mine. What I'm digging into, obviously, is the Dark Side of the Ring season finale, which documented, in some way, shape, or form, the death of Owen Hart and the last days of Owen and everything. So... Very good documentary. Dark Side Ring usually does um, a lot of very poignant documentaries, a lot of interesting documentaries. Um, and this last season was very, very loaded, especially starting out with Chris Benoit and then all the other stories, the Road Warriors, uh, the UWF, um, Jimmy, the Jimmy Snuka um, girlfriend murder or death, whatever you want to call that. And uh, they, uh, they, ended with the Owen Hart um, tragedy. As you guys already probably know, Owen Hart was performing a special in-ring entrance where he was going to come down from the rafters on um, the uh, end of the vice, actually, that was holding his body uh, released, and Owen fell a considerable... um, considerably long distance uh onto one of the end posts and which he pretty much he he died suffering very serious internal injuries um and that's kind of where we where the dark side of the ring kind of talks about and everything leading up to it so you learn a lot about owen hart in this entire thing you learn that owen uh, is pretty much the youngest of 12 heart members that's a freaking farm family right there that all the hearts went all the heart males went into uh, wrestling and the heart women married wrestlers. So you have, you know, a giant lineage of other affiliates and, and cousins and people who married into the family, Davy Boy Smith, kind of being one of them, one of the bigger examples of how massive uh, the heart family is and how they pretty much became royalty. So Owen gets into wrestling. He is a natural uh, from the jump because he's learned from all of his other siblings how to wrestle. It's kind of interesting. Um, Sorry about that, Zordon, and you know people are kidding me up. I'm, I'm popular, you know. It's, it's very interesting, kind of being the king. Anywho, 
Owens, uh, you know, very dynamic for the 80s, very good person. He actually broke into WWE as the Blue Blazer. Then when they switched him up, he became Owen Hart. And he became, you know, Owen Hart. He had this classic match with, rest, with his brother, Brett, at WrestleMania 10, one of the greatest technical matches that you can ever see. And then uh, the Attitude Era really kicks into full gear. And according to the documentary, Owen was having difficulty kind of getting over because Owen was pretty much a straight wrestler. And from what everybody, from what the documentary said, he had a difficult time displaying his personality, which is very interesting. And one of my bigger points is that I remember Owen being very charismatic uh, and very just funny in the ring. And maybe that's something he didn't want to do. Uh, they always mentioned that Owen was a straight shooter, um, that he was always combative. They're not combative, but always very verbal with creative about things that he did want to do and that he didn't want to do um, so much that he did not disgrace his family. I don't know where the blue blazer comes in to that, but it is what it is. Um, so, so Owen's having this difficult time, I guess, getting over, uh, per se, and still kind of being that top guy, which for all intents and purposes, he was being a top guy, but he was having a hard time developing his entertainment character side, which again is just weird because outside of the ring, there's always stories about him always pulling jokes and, and being funny and having this, you know, personality, but apparently he couldn't do it in the ring, which is very interesting. To, to me, to, to say the least, be it as it may. In order to assist him, they bring out the Blue Blazer. It's kind of a little bit of a comedy gimmick, but it's something to really help him maybe develop uh, uh, an in-ring persona that is uh, catchy to the audience at the time. This is Attitude Era, so things are a little bit different <laughs> during this era, to say the least. So he's in the middle of his Blue Blazer gimmick, and uh, as sometimes as part of the Blue Blazer, he was he had done at least once before, and maybe even uh, multiple times before the tragic incident, he would be attached to what's known as I believe a carabiner um, and, and like a, an accord, and he would descend from the Raptors. He did it at least once, um, and it was kind of a joke thing. People alleged that it was messing with thing. I don't actually believe that uh, wholeheartedly. It was just a, a wrinkle in his character, and it was something different, and also something to probably make him stand out. WWE doesn't always do uh, Raptor stunts. It didn't do it that much in the past. The only really iconic one that uh, that was done was Shawn Michaels descending uh, into uh, WrestleMania right before the Iron Man match with Bret Hart. So that's you know one of the classic ones that you see forever and ever in all of their footage. Be it as it may, this was a blue blazer thing that they were doing right now, and it was, and it was an interesting gimmick. So, pay per view comes out. They're in Kansas City, and according to the documentary, so everything that we're talking about here, but let me premise before I keep going. Everything that we're talking about here is based on the dark side of the ring documentary. It's not based on any of these other shoot interviews that happened. It's not based on anything else. Um, or any or any words or comments that anybody said on any podcast, anything like that. I'm going strictly based on what was documented in the dark side of the ring. So they do this. Uh, we're in Kansas City for his pay per view. Owen Hart dressed as the Blue Blazer is supposed to be uh, wrestling the Godfather that night in, in a match, and he's going to do his entrance where he's going to be cooked to a Caribbean. He's going to descend from the Raptors again something he's done before now according to 
his wife and especially his wife um they changed the style of carabiner that owen was going to use that night um and when it was time to practice, because wrestlers always practice their entrances and the stunts, it's kind of like a a dress rehearsal before a big event. If for for that kind of purpose, they do they do dress rehearsals. That's pretty much what it is. They do dress rehearsal before the show. And when Owen was, and according to wife, when Owen was uh, supposed to practice this, um. Owen was reluctant to do so, saying, no, no, I got it, I got it. And he was told that you should really practice this. This is a different setup than from before. It's all that said about it. So we don't know if he actually did practice it or if he actually still refused and they never practiced it whatsoever. This becomes a big point of mine uh, when we get there. So he doesn't practice it. Multiple people, according to the Dark Side of the Ring documentary, said that Owen was off that day and wasn't his regular self, which could have meant a bunch of things. You know, before leaving for the airport for his family, Owen did say, you know, take care of your sister and mother for, for me to his son, which is very interesting nonetheless. Um, and his son was really kind of weird about that. So... The show begins, uh, Owen's thing is happening. We're doing like a Blue Blazer, I guess, video package while he's trying to descend. And the carabiner unhooks. Owen plummets over 80 feet, hits directly on the ring post. He is also visibly bleeding. I don't know if he actually impaled himself or he was coughing on blood. I don't know where the blood comes from, but there was blood um, on the, uh, the ring apron. And... They get paramedics and hospital people, and they strap him in. They bring him to a hospital. They sent him back to revive him, um, and unfortunately, he's unable to be revived, and Owen Hart dies. Vince McMahon, immediately when he finds out, figured out uh, what happened, and Owen fell, calls Owen's wife, tells her that there's something that Owen had a fall, and, and that a doctor will be contacting her ab- about the update. Because I don't know if Vince actually went to the hospital uh, with phone, it sounds like he didn't, um, but he did have you know the linkage to to a doctor and his and her and um, Owen's wife and and made that connection. Nonetheless, Owen passes away. The show continues on after Owen is uh, stretched out. The show continues on and finishes. Owen the the news breaks on air. This is during pay per view um, era WWE news breaks on pay-per-view that Owen had passed away. Uh, None of the footage shown during that pay-per-view showed Owen falling. There is apparently, I guess, B-roll footage. That means footage that isn't used um, on TV or any documentary that does have the the video of him falling, but we do not see that. We do not have access to that. Uh, To my knowledge, it is pretty much, you know, locked inside of a, a very, very secret place. Uh, of WWE property, wherever that may be, never to be seen by anybody, and that's okay. Okay, Owen Hart dies. Um, the news, you know, really hits mainstream uh, the day after. They have a funeral about a week after the event. Uh, pretty much all of WWE attends on top of, you know, everybody from his native country of Canada and his hometown were there as a very big thing. Uh, the wife... Uh, who 
is upset, obviously, that her husband died in a tragic accident, uh, vows to, you know, seek vengeance and, and get revenge for the, for the people that did this, according to her. Um, and so she goes on an investigation and she tries to figure out what's going on. Uh, and based on what she, on the evidence that she thinks she has, she files um, a wrongful death, I guess, lawsuit against Vince McMahon and the WWE. And according to her statement, um, she wanted this entire thing to go to trial. She never wanted a settlement, and yet she takes a settlement of $18 million, uses some of that money, if not all of it, I'm not sure, to create the Owen Hart Foundation. Um, and the foundation helps, um, I believe, underprivileged, not underprivileged, but um, people who are less fortunate in some way, shape, or form, um, and assist them throughout, I believe, just the country of Canada. I do not know if it's a worldwide foundation. I would have to do some more research on that. And that's pretty much it. And they go into a little bit of discussions about if should the show have gone on and also should Owen Hart be in the Hall of Fame. And that's pretty much the show. And based on all the stuff that was in the show, I will tell you this, and this is probably where it's going to get a little bit difficult for you guys to listen to. Based on what was shown in that documentary, I find no clear evidence of any wrongdoing or any deliberate wrongdoing by WWE and the powers that be. And let that seek in. Mind you, I do give you a little bit of my actual real background here is that I am an investigator. I do investigate cases of abuse and neglect, and sometimes I investigate death of people who are mentally ill. So this is kind of around my wheelhouse. Uh, I, I look for evidence and clues. And when you're doing an investigation, you have to make sure that you dot your T's and cross your I's and that everything makes sense. And based on what was uh, shown to us and what the statements were from the people that were involved or the people who were closest to this that the documentary um, was able to get on camera, there's not enough evidence to have fault by anybody. And this does seem like from what was presented, an unfortunate accident that maybe that may or may not have been prevented. So let's first break down um, the whole Owen Hart storyline thing. Owen Hart was known in the beginning of his documentary, they say he was a proud man, he loved his family, and he didn't want to do anything to shame his family, which made him very verbal with creative and, and his character. And at this time, he probably had a little bit of well-deserved creative control, especially after his brother Brett left uh, for WCW and they re-signed Owen to make sure that Owen didn't jump ship as well. And they probably gave him a good chunk of change and money, which comes with a little bit of leeway, maybe. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the details and the parameters of his contract because they didn't give give us that. Be it as it may, I find it very interesting that the Blue Blazer, which is known as a comedy gimmick, was something that Owen was okay with doing and that he didn't speak up for. This, this you know, he sounds like he has the stubbornness of a heart, kind of like Brett. Um, and he didn't, he didn't speak up for himself. He didn't want to do this comedy gimmick. I I get the, the fear of maybe losing your spot, but he's a heart. He's a royal rest. He's a royal, he's part of the royal, one of the royal families of wrestling. You know, you have your hearts, your flares, your Von Erics, uh, the, the the McMahons, you know, those are pretty much your big four um, right there. 
And so I, I find it weird that all of a sudden he didn't speak up and all of a sudden with Dayhub, he's shaky and uneasy, especially for a spot that he's done before. Speaking of which, the dress rehearsal, according to what was documented and what his his wife Martha said, and I guess from whatever she get whatever information she gathered, Owen was refusing to do to practice this uh, this entrance, saying, no, no, I, I, I'm okay, I'm good, I got this. And then he was also told that this is a different setup than before. And, that, and that's where it kind of ends. You don't know if he ever practiced it or not. So it leads me to believe, based on the style in which this was presented, that Owen Hart never practiced this. And that's, you know, red flag number one. Whether or not they should have gone on with... Um, with the with the stunt if it wasn't practice uh is not a decision that we that that we you know were privy to or what the thought process was obviously the stunt went on but we don't know what was communicated um after that dress rehearsal on who was around and if we and also if we ever did practice it and how the practice was so let's move to the setup from what Martha showed us, Martha Owens, um, she showed us a carabiner that apparently was that was a carabiner that was used um, when he was descending, and the carabiner was different, hence the different setup. Um, and this one, she said, was one that is used. I'm not an expert in uh, for like flags and sailboats and stuff, and not to have a person. There's like a six pound pressure uh, release strap, and it was holding up somebody who was well over six pounds. Um, and then also Owen was told that there was also an upper release. So if anything happened, like, you know, as long as he didn't pull something, pull this like other trigger, then he would be fine. And also here's the thing. We don't know if Owen actually pulled that. I don't know if you can even find it on footage. So there's a whole right there. Did Owen pull a, pull a ring that did a release, did a release on its own? We don't know. She doesn't give us that much information, which is a big problem with this, um, is that we don't have enough information to make a clear and accurate decision that gives you just enough to be upset and feel bad for Owen and the and the heart and the heart family and to hate WWE. It's kind of almost like a smear campaign um, when you really delve into it. But let's talk about the rigs and also the riggers. Martha goes on to stay pretty early in the thing that WWE has. Uh, or she either she was under the impression or that WWE has hired, you know, pretty expert riggers from LA and from Hollywood and people who have done this over and over again. And then that's in one breath. But then really, uh, really alarmingly and, uh, you know, not so soon after in the next breath, she says, oh, these people weren't experts at all. They were, they were poor, they were trained, they, they shouldn't have been in charge of this at all. But what evidence do you have of that? You're just making claims. And I don't know if she's an expert in carabiner. I don't know if she has a doctor. I don't believe she has a doctorate in carabiner stuff. So what? where's her proof that they weren't experts? She doesn't show it. She doesn't show it at all. And I think that's an issue. That's a huge, huge issue. So there's a lot of holes. The fact that the one one owns that and he can't speak for himself one issue um the fact that owen according to her owen was reluctant to do uh, to practice the stunt never huge issue 
Um, uh, and we never know if it was practiced or not. Uh, we have an issue on the credibility of one Martha herself, but also the credibility of the riggers, which we never really delve into. We're just told they're not experts. They're not experts. They're not experts. What that means, we don't know. Um, we don't know if Owen pulled the release or if, he, or if the thing kind of just broke on its own um, because apparently Martha has it and it didn't seem to break on her own. It's, it's not broken. It does not seem faulty whatsoever. Uh, this carabiner, I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, and then one of my last things is, there are two things here, is the, the whole Martha going, uh, saying, I'm going to seek vengeance, your day of reckoning is coming, which actually sounds like a wrestling promo. Anywho, I can't blame her for doing what she's doing, because obviously this is trauma, um, and, I, and, and you know with my degrees in psychology and, and in counseling and stuff like that, you know, this is trauma, your, your brain, you need to fill the gaps. Your brain is always looking to fill the gaps with a lot of stuff. So if there's something that's not there and that's not evident and clear, your brain still is going to try to find a way to fill the gap. And what she's doing is clearly she's, she's, tra she's traumatized, she's stressed, she's angry, and she's going through the stages of grief. You know, depression, anger, <laughs> um, bargaining, denial acceptance they don't always go in order so please don't be like oh you got them wrong no they don't always go in order everybody goes through the stages of grief at different times obviously at this point she's angry and by the way she's still angry because <laughs> uh, she hasn't accepted what she was given and the evidence that she she found or the evidence that she says she found because we don't know what happened we we don't know well not we don't know what happened we don't know what evidence she found she just gives a lot of these vague statements and we don't know there's there's no clarity on on any of this stuff so she's looking for these answers she goes to trial and she clearly says in the documentary hey i wanted us to go to trial i wanted us to see i wanted to see this thing all the way through but then in the next breath we find out that it didn't go to trial and that she took an 18 million dollar settlement and, and that 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 really irked me because if you're so you're the seeker of the truth and you're going to challenge the authority and you're going to you're going to you know fight this thing till the end and then you stop and took the money that really i really questioned the, the credibility of what you just said were you really in it to to seek vengeance or were you there just to get a shit ton of money for someone that you may wholeheartedly believe is a complete and total accident and that no one is directly at fault also something to consider and this is probably going to be the most controversial thing that you'll ever hear me say maybe some of the fault and you know minimally some of the fault maybe some of the fault is on owen based on what was presented Owen refused to do it. Owen wasn't verbal about his concerns. He just said, no, 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 I'm good. I, I, I got this. I got this. He refused to practice it. He wasn't verbal about some of his concerns. And from what I have understood about wrestling and listening to documentaries, you know, the, the more vocal you are, probably the better. You sometimes have to buck the system, but you have to speak up for yourself. And if you don't speak up yourself, you become a part of the problem. And part of this problem was, and part of his tragedy is Owen didn't speak up for himself. And now he's dead. So, yeah, you always have to consider that. And that's something that probably Martha doesn't want to um, actually admit that potentially 
Owen's part of the Owen's part of the reason he died. A choice he made or choices he made is probably the reason that he passed away. Again, this is all based on what I watch. And I've only watched it once. Some of my answers could be some of my questions could be answered uh, once I watch again or if I ever watch it again, because I didn't really enjoy that episode um, on more so than any of it, than the other episodes. But yes, you have to realize if you're really thinking about this, that maybe part of the blame is on Owen. That's a, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow because we are, you know, we're idolizing where we're putting Owen on a pedestal because he was someone who was young and was gone too soon. But, People are sometimes responsible for their own deaths and demise. Happens all the time in life. You really, really have to accept that. That sometimes you're that sometimes that person's the reason that they're dead. Drinking and driving. Suicide is obviously kind of a cop out, but still. There are there are multiple reasons and multiple possibilities as to why this went wrong. And if or if or not, it should have been performed. In the first place, so I have the eighteen, the eighteen million dollar thing, and the settlement stuff really, really irked me because it really kind of made me question what is she really in this for? And then she goes on to say that she will never allow Owen Hart, the wrestler, to be acknowledged in any wrestling hall of fame. And she goes on to claim that her foundation that she created, um called the Owen Hart Foundation is what his legacy should be about because look at all the people that he has helped even though he's dead. Look at all the people that the foundation in his name uh, has done. That's his real legacy. I completely beg to differ. Owen's Hart, Owen Hart's uh, foundation and Owen Hart himself did not help anybody through the foundation. Owen Hart is dead. You help those people because you run the foundation. Yes, that's you. That's your legacy. Owen Hart's legacy and what everybody remembers Owen Hart for, the reason that he's famous, the reason that, you know, we're even having a documentary about him is that he was a wrestler and he was a damn good wrestler. He was a heart. His legacy is in the ring. His life's work is in the ring. He wrestled to put food on his table for his family, for his wife and his kids. And you're not allowing other people to celebrate him probably the way he wanted to be celebrated wrestling is in his blood he comes from a wrestling family it is a absolute disgrace and an atrocity and a bit petty on martha um that she will not allow her her almost her dead husband to to be acknowledged for something that he did really really well you know, that's like saying, you know, I don't want to take, let's take, uh, who died? Post-year? It's like saying, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of like, you know, a, a, a good sports figure that died away. It's like Derek Jeter, you know, all of a sudden getting murdered and him never going into the hall of fame. You know, it's like Mariano Rivera dying too early and his stats at the time never going into the Hall of Fame just because he died. And that's not who he really was. Yes, to you, he was more than just a wrestler. But to a lot of people in the world, he's a wrestler. He's a damn good wrestler. And he's known for two things, his in-ring ability and the fact that he died really early. That's That comes the fact. And I feel like, and I, I hate to you know be a little nervous here, but I feel like Marvel's having a hard time admitting that WWE isn't completely at fault. 
on also that Samuel Fault maybe lies on her husband for his own death. It's a strong possibility based on what was presented uh, because a lot of it was skewed. I understand being upset at WWE, but you have to at some point accept the fact that this is more than likely an accident. Tragedy, of course, but an accident nonetheless that may or may not have been avoided um, if some factors were at play. And one of those factors being her own husband's inability to speak up when the time came for it. I understand I've just pissed off a ton of you, and it is what it is. It it, it did what it did, but I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Let me know what you guys think about uh, my viewpoint on it. Let me guys know what you think of Dark Side of the Ring. Obviously, thank you guys for being a part of this Patreon um, experience and this episode uh, of Watch the Throne. Uh, be sure to, you know, buy some of this merch. Like, hey, look at all this great King Ricky Rose merch. Um, and all, all the other merchandise we have on store. Let your friends know about our Patreon um, and and all the cool things. Like, share, subscribe. And, uh, you know, if you want to slap me in the face, I, I dare you. Come at it. Come at me, bro. Let's go. Let's do it. Anywho, until next time, folks, I will see you soon. The King of Kings. On your knees, dog. From the place where the traitor lost both his name and his face. Through the halls and the corridors, stinking in blood.